I'll take Ma down to the shelter and stay there with her until this raid's over. But it's my duty, Beth started to say, only to be cut short. It's your duty to look after Ma, not to mention staying alive. You'll do as I say, Beth, and no buts about it. Beth glared at her older brother. It infuriated her when he treated her as a child and not the nineteen-year-old she was. Sissy hurried back into the room, carrying Beth's cape. Roy's right. You could well get yourself killed going out in the streets when there's a raid in progress. No one at the hospital would thank you for that, I'm sure. Grudgingly, Beth acquiesced, knowing them to be right. Suddenly, the air raid siren burst into life, its ululating wail originating from the local ARP post. They're a bit sudden late, Roy gave a short barking laugh. Typical. On the landing outside, they ran into old Mrs McGurk from next door. She lived alone, her man being long dead, and her family now grown up with homes of their own. Sissy linked arms with her, and together they clattered downstairs with Beth and Roy bringing up the rear. Mrs Carmichael, who stayed at the bottom left-hand side of the close, or communal stairway, was standing at the door crying while Mrs Todd, another neighbour in the close, tried to comfort her. It's her wains at school. She's worried sick about them, Mrs Todd explained. They'll be all right. The teachers will have taken them to the basement, which I can assure you, having seen it myself when my two were pupils, is a far safer place for them than our shelter. You have my word on that, hen, Sissy told her. Mrs Carmichael's tear-stained face brightened a little. I hadn't thought of that, she said huskily. There's a primus and fresh water in the shelter, so let's away in and brew ourselves a cuppa, Mrs Todd proposed. Good idea, exclaimed Mrs McGurk, who'd never been known to turn down a cup of tea in a natter. She led the way to the back green where the brick and concrete shelter was situated. Beth was about to follow her mother and the others when she realised that Roy was making for the front of the close and the street beyond. Where are you off to? she demanded. Work, where'd you think? But what about the raid? A stubborn look settled on his face. No damn Jerry's going to get me into a shelter. That's for you women folk. Beth just had to laugh. It's not all right for me to get killed, but it is for you. Is that it? It's a male thing, lass. Can you understand that? You're an offy man, Beth replied, shaking her head. For although she often found her brother exasperating in the extreme, she also greatly admired him. Away with you. I'll be fine. Only the good die young, and I'm certainly not one of those. Well, that's true enough, she agreed. He shook his fist at her in mock anger. Then, striding out into the street, he disappeared from view. In the back green, Beth paused to listen, but the wind had shifted so she could no longer hear the thumping sounds. High in the sky, she could make out two tiny specks that were certainly aeroplanes, but she had no idea to which side they belonged. Opening the shelter's door, she slipped inside, blinking at the sudden change from bright daylight to soft candlelight. The shelter was in two sections, the partition being a brick wall running down the middle with a hole in its centre which allowed people to pass from one section to the other. Each section had its own entrance door. Beth's section was supposed to cater for the three flats or houses, as they were always called, up her side of the close, the other section for the opposite side. But in practice, air raid drills having been a regular occurrence during the past year, 
the families tended to use whichever section they found themselves in. Sissy, Mrs McGurk, Mrs Carmichael and Mrs Todd were sitting on boxes round a primus which Sissy was coaxing alight. Mrs McGurk, as was her wont, was chattering away nineteen to the dozen. It was gloomy, spooky almost, inside the shelter, with shadows flickering on the ceiling and walls. It was also extremely cold, so Beth was glad of her thick nurse's cape. Tea up in a minute or two, Sissy informed her as she joined the huddled group. Unfortunately, no one had thought to bring milk, but cups, spoons and sugar were on hand, and these Mrs Todd now set out. The tea when poured was thick and strong, and once sugared was absolutely delicious. Beth was raising her cup for a first sip, when a curly head was stuck through the hole in the partition. The head belonged to Edgar Martin, eldest son of the family who lived opposite the Carmichaels. Is that tea we smell? he inquired. No, it's just your imagination, son, Mrs McGurk instantly retorted, causing Mrs Todd to snigger. Oh, don't be such a tease, Edna. After all, it's not as though he's a laddie still. He's a piper in the army now, don't forget, said Sissy. And indeed, Edgar was in the uniform of the Glasgow Royals, which he'd joined six months previously.